Thank you for joining me today. My name is Brittany and I'll be your very navigator through this new journey. Hey y'all. So today's episode is all about owning your new self. Uh, The title of this episode is Hey Me, It's Me, Getting to Know the New You. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the VSG space, VSG stands for Vertical Sleeve Gastronomy. Um, Essentially, it is a weight loss surgery for people that have um, pre-existing ailments such as PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, diabetes, several other things. Um, The list goes on, but uh, what it does is during the surgery, what the surgeon does is shrink your stomach, aka they get a nice little scalpel and they cut away at your stomach, leaving only only a banana-sized sliver. Um, I know that that sounds really invasive. It's not as invasive as you think, Um, but the cool thing about the surgery is that once they begin the process, they get to unveil and see things that you probably wouldn't see, um, like in a normal circumstance. So for my particular situation, um, when I got my surgery, I had a hernia. Mind you, I've known about this hernia for a while. I've expressed concern about the hernia and it seemed like nobody was trying to hear me because I've had two kids, two C-sections. They kind of just brushed it off like, eh, it's probably just your body going back to normal. You don't have anything to worry about, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, you know, I was 22 when I had my son. Um, and then I, four years later, I had my daughter. So it, I wasn't really pressing the issue, but I was pressing the issue because I'm like, I've done this four years apart. I know what my body's supposed to look like. I know how I'm supposed to bounce back. And it seemed like the doctors were just brushing me off. So when I finally got to the surgery table, um, my doctor was like, yo, <laughs> we can't even do the surgery because there is a hernia. You know, you got to get that that taken care of. So I'm asleep and they just had to make an executive decision. And when it was all said and done, the the uh, hernia was like the size of a grapefruit, a softball. It was, in, it was incredible. And if you look at some of my pictures um, on Instagram and stuff, I've posted it in my stories numerous times. Um, you can actually see the hernia in my upper stomach. And it was just... It was insane to even process the fact that I had something like that in my body that I've literally talked about and expressed concern about and then doctors just brushed it off like it didn't mean anything. And I'm sure that they get so many people that are concerned after childbirth because, you know, when you're a first time mom, everything is a concern. Everything is alarming. Everything is new. So I get it as a doctor, a new mom coming, but I was a second time mom. I'm not coming to you for no reason. I'm coming to you because I'm concerned about this hernia. Um, And at the time I didn't know it was a hernia, but I knew that something was wrong because when I bent backwards, you could literally see the bulge out of my stomach. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but post-surgery lifestyle, um, it's it's really amazing. Um, for the most part, I, I can't even lie and say that it's always sunshine and rainbows because it's not. Um, personally, my experience after surgery um, was very interesting. So prior to surgery, 
a lot of people, you know, they go through different processes. So with my doctor specifically, which is one of the top surgeons, um, especially highly recommended for uh, bariatric surgery, his name is Dr. Richards in Atlanta. Um, he requires some things as well as your insurance, whatever insurance you have. And what I love about the team is that they literally give you a folder, a red folder of <laughs> information that you need. Research, they give you a book, they set you up with a nutritionist, um, you get to talk to a psychologist, like they have a lot of things that they prepare you for. Um, you get to go to a, a class, like a pre-op class, and they also have a post-op class. Like they, And it's all free, um, the extra resources that they give you. Um, and it is insurance covered. So I know so many people on TikTok and Instagram ask me, you know, how did you pay for your insurance? I heard, it, or how did you pay for your surgery? I heard it was so expensive. Check with your insurance first. And to let you guys know, like keep pressing the issue. Don't just stop at a no, find a surgeon that will accept your insurance because it is a thing. You can get, you know, that covered. And there is a tummy tuck that is insurance covered as well, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but you know, the, the team that I, that Dr. Richards had actually set me up very well. They made sure that I was very well educated with all the patients. Um, and they kind of leave the ball in your court when it comes to asking questions, but they do check up on you. Um, they do make sure that you are 100% educated about the process, what is expected of you, um, why you have to do certain things, why they have a checklist, why you have to do things in a certain order and why certain things matter. Like they're very good for making sure that you understand the process and that's just the preparation. Then depending on your BMI, which is your body mass index, um, you get to, or not get to, because it's not a treat, <laughs> you'll have to be on a liquid diet. So that's right before surgery. Depending on your BMI, you can have two weeks, I want to say four weeks or six weeks. Um, I had three weeks simply because my date got pushed back because my insurance took a little bit longer to respond because um, they had to go through all of my documentation and make sure Sure that I did in fact do all of the requirements and I did and the only thing that I had to pay out of pocket was for the surgeon surgeon's assistant and all of the supplements that I needed prior to um my surgery like the liquid diet all all the stuff that I needed for that the um vitamins that I had to take all of that um, but that was just the, the preparation and the pre-op and my preparation, um, process was for three months. Um, and then after that, um, it was interesting. And I was talking to my friend today and she also had the surgery and we were just, you know, talking about how it's crazy how you go through this surgery and then after the fact, you're realizing that you have so much to unpack. You know, in the beginning, you go through all of this, this time and, you know, you get all this pre-op stuff done. You meet with a psychologist. You take these personality tests, these psychological tests. You go through all of these groups and these support groups, you know, via virtual or in person and things are like, okay, I'm, I'm checking the boxes. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And then afterwards, you realize that you are not as prepared as you think. Um, and it's not to scare anybody who is listening who has not had the surgery um, or somebody who's listening who is about to get the surgery or you're in the process or you're contemplating. But it, there is no explanation to the different levels of things that come out after the surgery. Um, once I got the surgery, I think I was so emotional um, because I was prepared for the 
new looks that were possibly coming because the body was coming, um, the questions that I was going to get, the people that wanted to know more, people that were inspired. I was prepared for all of that, but I was not prepared for the quick changes, like from going from wearing a 2X to like a 1X and then a, a, a large, like within the matter of three months. And I know for some people that's like, well, what did you think the surgery was going to do? Did you think you were going to lose weight, you know, five pounds every six months? No, I was 100% aware that I was going to lose weight quickly. However, um, I was not prepared for how quickly the changes would happen. Um, so much so that very early on after I got the surgery, probably like a month in, um, I struggled really bad and still do with body dysmorphia because I could, my brain could not catch up to the changes and it got so overwhelming, like clothes were not fitting right. So I wasn't comfortable in the clothes that I had. So I literally went on Sheen and spent almost $500 on clothes. I kid you not. Cause I didn't have anything to wear. All of my workout clothes are, are fitting large. You know, they were just overly baggy and it started to get embarrassing wearing my big girl clothes and that wasn't the body that I was in anymore. Um, so that whole process was so interesting and that transformation and, and all of that was so interesting because I didn't think that that would be the thing that plagued me, um, you know, adapting to the changes. And sometimes, you know, even still almost over three months after the fact, um, it is really difficult to accept the fact that this is my body. Like sometimes I look in the mirror and I just automatically see the the Britney that I was before, you know, the person that I was before. And I'm not that person physically. Um, and a large part of it, I'm not even that person mentally, but sometimes you just get so stuck in who you were, who you were, who you were trying to be. Like the person I swore I was gonna be like, I'm gonna get this body, I'm gonna look like this, I'm gonna dress like this. I'm going to do this. Child, I ain't do none of that stuff. <laughs> I looked through some of my, you know, Sheen favorites list of clothes that I had. And I was like, I'm not wearing none of that mess. Although I can fit it. And although I probably look like the model in it because I'm smaller now, I'm not about to sit here and, you know, fool myself. Like I'm not, I'm not really comfortable showing my boobs right now. First of all, this is off topic. Y'all, if you have not gotten the surgery, please understand that everything shrinks. I mean that respectfully. Your vagina will shrink. Um, men, I'm not sure if that applies to your penis. However, <laughs> women, if you had a fat poom poom, you will not have it anymore. Um, it does shrink. Your boobs, breasts, whatever you want to refer to them as, your titties do shrink as well. Um, I went from a happily C slash D cup, depending on the day, to a very small B cup. B is in Britney, boy, bear. Yes, B cup. <laughs> I look like a high schooler in real life. But um, yeah, that's something that I wish somebody would have told me. Not saying that it was a huge issue, but I had a little bit more confidence knowing that, you know, I'm going to still look like a woman after this. Like, I'm still going to be a baddie. You know, I'm a mom, even though I have like tiger stripes all over my stomach. Bathing suit season is going to be a little different for the people on the beach. But at least, you know, I still have like some curves. You know, I have some boobs. I don't have none of that. I look like a little boy, <laughs> like a little boy with extremely deep dimples. And it's just, it's ridiculous. But um, to get back on topic, like the changes that happened um, were a little overwhelming for me. And I think that nobody is really prepared. Um, and I will have my friend on who has had the surgery 
Um, just talk about her story. But one of the things that she did tell me today, which I did not know, is that she had developed a, an eating disorder that she's never experienced before, that she's never heard of. And it's crazy because, you know, there are things that you think that you're strong enough for. Even prior to her weight loss, you know, she's always been the strong friend, the, the friend that always had it together. She always knew that she was beautiful, never had an issue, you know, at least outwardly showing that she was self-conscious, any of those things. You know, she was one of those people that you, it didn't matter if she was big, small, short, tall. She just knew that when she walks in a room, she was the HBIC and all eyes were going to be on her. She was that way since we were in like grade school. Um, so hearing that and how she struggled with that was really surprising to me because I'm like, you know, you get outside of the surgery and you realize all of that, that you had in your mind about, I'm, I'm going to do good. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You, this surgery will show you your true colors and it's not in a bad way. It's not a bad thing. It just, there's a lot of things that occur that, you know, you're not necessarily prepared for, and there's no way to prepare you because everybody's baggage, everybody's skeletons in their closet, everybody's traumas, everybody's healing process looks different. So I can't tell you, oh, you're going to struggle in this area of body dysmorphia, or you're going to struggle in the eating disorder department, or you're going to struggle with this. I know people that struggle now that, that, you know, they've had fibroids or I, I don't know her personally, but I've heard her story. Um, she had fibroids when she was larger. And then after she got the surgery and started losing the weight rapidly, you know, she started to feel the pain of the fibroids more. And it's crazy because some of us have ailments that we didn't know about or we didn't feel as intensely. And then the surgery happens and you realize, dang, like this is a thing that I have to address now. And sometimes, you know, the addressing is is physical pain. Sometimes it's emotional pain. Sometimes it's mental pain. Sometimes it's just old relationships that you had that no longer serve you. And I think that, you know, going through this process, although it is, there are so many underlying things that can pop up, that can happen, that can occur. It just brings to the light so much, you know, it does not matter how much you prepare, even as a parent, you know, it does not matter how much money you have. It does not matter how much you prepare yourself, how you get your business together in this. Nobody's truly prepared for the next journey. We can think that we're prepared and we can think that we've done all that we can do, but there's always work to be done on the other side. You know, I, I love when new moms or new couples like, oh, I want to have a baby, but I want to be prepared. I want to work. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get my life together. I want to save $100,000. And then they have the kid and I'm like, yeah, but then you have your child and your child has a disability or they have, you know, something going on. There's no amount of money to prepare for that because it's an emotional journey. It's It has nothing to do with how much money you've stored in your bank account, how nice your house is, how many countries you've visited, how many things that you've done with your life. That child that has that disability or that sickness or that life-threatening thing does not care about any of that. Right now, you have to show up in a way that you didn't prepare for because nobody prepares for their child to have Down syndrome. Nobody prepares for their child to have cerebral palsy. 
Nobody prepares, you know, for their body to go through a rapid change and all of a sudden experience fibroids or to experience, you know, emotional traumas or have to deal with your past emotional traumas or an eating disorder. Nobody prepares for that. It's just kind of something that comes with new territory. There's always a new devil that comes with a new level. And I think people really underestimate that when they look at surgery. Um, especially when it comes to weight loss surgery. I don't care if it's a BBL. I don't care if it's a panty surgery, the the um, insurance covered, um, uh, I can't even think of, tummy tuck. It's a, it's a long panty word. I know it's penny <laughs> to begin with, but nobody prepares for the stuff, you know, that comes with that new level. And I think that it's really disheartening that I can't tell somebody advice to say, hey, you know, you need to go ahead and prepare for this and prepare. There's nothing to prepare for. You just have to show up and say, God, you're in control. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'm here. And I'm going to take every day by day by day, you know? And I think one of the things that I share with people um, about my post-op journey is what my nutrition, I mean, not my nutritionist, she reiterated it, but it was my psychologist that told me um, first, you know, I, I was like, what is one thing that's going to be troubling for me? Like after you spend, you know, three months with me, like, what do you think is going to be something that's challenging for me? And they were like, honestly, you know, you have to keep yourself in the moment. Um, stay with the process. So you go through different phases. Phase one, after surgery, you get to have liquids. Phase two, you get to have soft foods. Phase three, you start introducing some other things. Um, and then phase four, you're pretty much on your own um, with when it comes to eating. You can eat crunchy things. You can eat whatever you want to eat um, within reason, but you're, you don't have that many restrictions. Um, and the what the psychologist was telling me is when you start thinking while you're on your phase one about phase two, then you're going to find yourself not staying in that moment. So you're going to get frustrated when things aren't happening the way that they're supposed to be happening or when you're not seeing certain things because you're focusing on phase two when you're still in phase one. And there are going to be things that occur in phase two that are not going to occur in phase one. You're not going to lose the amount of weight that you're going to lose in phase two because you don't have that many nutrients. You're only getting liquid with supplements at the moment. Um, phase two, you get to have soft food. So your appetite's going to change. Your stomach's going to get a little bit more stretched out. Um, and it's different things like that, that really challenge, you know, me personally, because I'm always used to planning for the future. I'm always used to getting, you know, my, my organizer ready for the next step and the next journey. And Honestly, after I got my surgery, I dissolved all of my businesses. And if you know me, I am Caribbean number one and I'm from New York. So I am a hustler that can handle several jobs at a time and I'm a tourist. So we don't stand down from a challenge. So it made silencing or not necessarily silencing, but stepping away from my business is so very difficult for me because I'm always used to doing something. I'm always used to being busy. Um, I'm always used to being independent and providing. And once I dissolved my businesses, I had nothing else to do but sit and read the Bible. Like I'm being so real with y'all. I could not picture getting back into something that took me to a different level of stress. Um, and because of that, I had to make a choice and I decided that it was time for me to focus on me and my healing, not just 
from the surgery, but from my mental capacity. If I could not handle it mentally, if it brought me even 2% of stress, the answer was no. And it wasn't because I did not want to handle stress, but my goal in stepping into a new body and a new lifestyle was to eliminate anything that was not number one, pleasing to God, but beneficial for my growth. And I think that that is one piece of information that I can, and, and advice that I can offer to anybody who is struggling. You know, you really really have to be serious this time around because your health depends on it. You know, your sanity depends on it. Everything that you have worked so hard for in life comes down to the moment where you decide to say, I'm going to get up and go to the gym today. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk today. I'm going to do this for me. I don't care if I have to save for it. I don't care if I have to work overtime for it. I don't care if I have to leave that job. I don't care if I have to leave that relationship. I don't care if I have to say no. I don't care if I have to say yes. You just do what you have to do. And I think that now in this new journey that you're in, it, it requires a new season for you to do everything that God has called you to do. And, you know, that is a part of this new me, <laughs> this new journey, this new you. You know, you have to decide what is non negotiable in your life. And I think that that is the greatest challenge for us all is deciding that right now in this moment, I am not going to keep going into a new journey with no goals. You know, set the bar high, set the expectations high for yourself, not so high where you can't reach them, but high enough where you can say, I'm going to commit to doing this. No matter what it is, I'm going to say yes to myself in this moment. Um, no matter what, because you're important, your health is important, your sanity is important, your peace is important. Um, and that's it. That is my TED talk for today. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to tell y'all. Like, this journey is very, very interesting. Um, it has opened my eyes to so many things. I have seen people's true colors, I have gotten, you know, so many questions. I've heard so many stories from so many people. And throughout this entire process, the only thing that I have been able to audibly say from the pit of my stomach is just thank you, God, for putting me in a situation where I can be an example for other girls, other women. Um, I can be a resource for people um, and all of that. So I'm grateful more than anything. Yes, this journey is scary. Yes, it takes balls and maybe a, a borrowed pair of balls, but it is definitely something that I recommend for anybody who wants to be serious about their health and do the work at the same time. Um, this has definitely been the most eye-opening journey for me, and I hope it's been the same for you. Um, but before we leave for this lovely episode, I do want to challenge you to do one thing. Um, this week, I want you to put yourself first. I want you to say yes to yourself, no matter what it is, you know, if it's in reason and if you married, you know, make sure that hubby or wifey is okay with that, but make sure that you say yes to yourself at least two times this week. Try something new, take a new adventure, try a new food, make a new friend. I don't care what it is. Just surprise yourself at least twice this week. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode answered your questions, gave you insight, or sparked your research flame. Remember, this is a voyage of self-discovery, and it takes time. Until next time, take care of yourself, friend.